0: welcome everybody thanks for being loyal listeners of the PR masters podcast series where you get to hear from the leaders in our public relations profession people who have earned the accolades of their peers and who have made a difference in the contributions of public relations to contemporary life I'm Art Stevens your host and believe me I love being your host because I have the honor of talking with some truly great people and today is no exception. I'll be talking with Lynn Applebaum, an educator, who at the City College of New York, which by the way also happens to be my alma mater, has built one of the best PR major programs in the country. Lynn has over 30 years experience as a public relations professional and educator, having worked in public and private sectors before making her mark in the world of academia. Lynn joined CCNY in 1993, and she joined as a professor in the Department of Media and Communication Arts. She went on to become director of its ad PR program and built it to 200 majors. She is also a founding member of CCNY's master's degree program in branding and integrated communications. Lynn Applebaum also organized CCNY's first. PRSSA, that's the uh, Public Relations Student Society of America, for those who don't know what the initials mean, uh, she, she organized their first chapter in 1996, and she served as faculty advisor for 20 years. Lynn has co-authored a national study in 2014 on the experiences of young black and Hispanic PR professionals in the workplace. Now before coming to City College, Lynn also had a life as a PR professional as uh, somebody who was actively practicing public relations. She was press manager for the Today show and by the way in terms of her awards uh, aside from you know her tenure as obviously press manager for the Today show, Lynn was honored by PRSA as outstanding educator of the year and she was honored with the New York Chapter's President's Award. She is recipient of many other industry awards, as you would imagine. Lynn retired from CCNY this past year, actually this year, but her legacy continues. And I regard Lynn as a dear friend whom I have known for a number of years, uh, both at City College, because I'm an alumnus of City College myself, and also PRSA New York and PRSA National. We have crossed paths many times and so we have become good friends. So Lynn Applebaum, it's an honor to have you as our guest today, and welcome to PR Masters.
1: Thank you so much, Art. It is such a joy for me and a privilege to be here, not only because I am a long-time fan of listening to PR Masters, but in particular because of my long-time association and friendship with you um, personally and also through the ways our paths have crossed um, through City College and through PRSA and your leadership and mentorship. So I am just thrilled to be here today.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. And
1: remember, today
0: is about you, not about me. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So good day to you, Lynn, and thanks for joining us. And my very first question to you is why? Why, why, why did you decide to retire from CCNY this year?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, There were a number of factors that led to that. I'm going to start out by saying I don't like the term retirement, and it kind of makes me shrivel a little bit. But Ellen Lenica, who I also met through PRSA, um, wrote to me and said, you know, she liked to think of this as rewirement. And I love that idea because retirement sort of means you're kind of going off in a cave somewhere. And I am certainly not ready to do that. Um, But I felt like it was a time in my life where I needed to rewire and start doing some of the things in my life and also to share life with my husband, who also recently rewired. Um, uh, So that was one impetus. And the other one, I think, I have to say, is COVID played a big factor in my own burnout uh, of teaching because it was so limiting. It just felt like I couldn't bring everything that I wanted to the students in the classroom. And the third reason is that the industry is changing so dramatically and so quickly. um, It's morphing into a different kind of animal. And I kind of felt like this was a good time for me to exit I felt like I've given 27 years of the best professional expertise I could to my students and to the City College program, and this seemed like a good time to kind of segue into something else.
0: Well, we're going to get into that in a bit, but uh, let's let's continue with uh, City College. You know, you have obviously cast a significant stone uh, in your tenure at City College in the public relations profession. So you've been, Lynn. You've been in the forefront of making college curricula for public relations and communications up to the challenges of the day. How did you go about constructing such curricula?
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, over a 27-year period, uh, the curricula is going to evolve and change, and that has been my my uh, goal, and certainly my challenge as well. You know, there's a lot of different ways to think about PR teaching. Certainly, PRSA provides its own guidelines through the Commission on Public Education. So they kind of give educators an outline of um, what is appropriate to be teaching in the classroom, what do students need to know. The other way to look at it is PRSSA Um, provides course guidelines for its membership schools. And so they give you sort of a set of required classes as well. But beyond those as sort of base guidelines, um, you know, coming to uh, PR education as a practitioner, I always – loved that I could bring what I knew from the profession into the classroom. And that was always a driver for me in my own classes and certainly also for my colleagues who all were practitioners first and foremost and then segue to education. So there's a kind of baked-in knowledge that you bring, having been a practitioner, that you say, these are things that I know students need to be successful. But the other thing is in order to evolve with the changing times, it's really important to keep your pulse on how the industry is changing. And so one of the things I consciously did throughout the year is build relationships to people with agencies and leading practitioners in agencies who would then consult and we would talk about what are the things that you're looking for in entry-level practitioners and how do we happen to evolve and tweak the content so that we're staying um, present with with the times and that we're continuing to educate people who are competitive for the changes of the profession. And the third level is, of course, that with all the digital changes in the profession, you know, you're always following industry trends, but because the AdPR program is an integrated communications program, we're also looking at advertising and digital and digital marketing. So that We are looking to expand the coursework beyond simply public relations that include digital marketing, search engine optimization, search engine marketing, data analytics, and all of the other things that have evolved that are now required uh, as a part of public relations.
0: Well, you know, I I have been uh, obviously following, you know, the uh, program at City College, again, because I'm an alumnus, um, and it's clear to me that the many graduates of your program has gone on, have gone on to achieve great uh, success in the public relations profession. You know, Many are senior executives at PR agencies, a number are PR directors of both uh, corporate uh, uh, situations as well as nonprofit. Um, tell me, you must be very proud of the, uh, you know, of the alumni who have majored in uh, ad PR at City College and where they are now.
1: I am art. I mean, the program is a competitive program, so we, people have to apply to be accepted into the EdPR program. Um, it didn't help us be an open major where anybody could just, you know, declare public relations, and we can get into that later. But having been a selective program, it means that people really targeted themselves as potential public relations or advertising professionals. And out of the people who have come through the program, there's obviously a level of of, of capabilities. But I am so proud of people who have come through ADPR and through the networking that we have, through their own expertise and professionalism, were able to build their careers in in public relations and move up through the profession to the point that you know, we have, you know, there's everyone, you know, pejorative, I'll just, I'll say that uh, cliche, as a cliche perspective, you know, you talk about an old boy system and a lot of the older universities had an old boy system built in where uh, they would go back and hire their own. And I think what we've been able to do, I always called it sort of like the new the new generation of networkers through AdPR who now come back to AdPR and recruit for more students that have come out of our program because they know the training they got and they know the standard that we hold students to. And so they're saying, this is the kind of person I want on my team.
0: Well, I mean, I can say, you you may not want to say it, but I can say as uh, an observer as and uh, of the industry that, the program at City College uh, in teaching and, and uh, majoring in public relations is truly one of the best in the country among colleges and universities. Are you yeah, going to well?
1: Huh? well? I listen, I, I, I am always respectful of, of the many excellent programs. I, I think what I will say is that we have endeavored to build a first-rate, education for students who want to study public relations and advertising that gives them the kind of grounding um, and professional trajectory that will help them be successful. And there's a track record um, to speak for that. And I, I celebrate that.
0: Well, um, diversity Lynn has always been an important uh, objective for you, uh, both Mm -hmm. within, you know, within the, uh, uh, world of academia, as well as the uh, world of agencies and and corporate mm-hmm. and nonprofit um, mm-hmm. but it's been an imperative for you at see at city college there's no question about that. Uh, tell us about your quest for diversity and and uh, some of the steps you've taken to help achieve it
1: right so uh, necessity is the mother of invention I mean I came from fourteen years in the pr workforce and I don't think I'm just thinking back I never encountered any person of color um, in my experience. I came to city college and I looked at the student population there, and it was eighty percent plus uh, multicultural individuals who were in our program. And I realized early on that my job as an educator had to far exceed my role of what happened in the classroom and the skills that I would be giving people. And it meant that I needed to be an advocate for talent to be considered for jobs in the industry, which primarily was recruiting only primarily white people, from the traditional big colleges, you know, very well-reputed colleges. And the programs such as mine, uh, talent from programs such as mine, were often overlooked and would not even be considered. And so I started that, becoming initially as an advocate for my students by getting involved in PRSA and building relationships with people who trusted me and then would trust my judgment if I said, let me send you somebody who I think is outstanding for you to consider. And that's how we started to really build the credibility of the program and the relationships of the program was through my professional connections with individuals who thought that what we were doing was important. And so there were people... Interestingly enough, not on the PR side, but on the advertising side, and I'm going to name names like Dachi Gianone, who was an EVP at, uh, at Y&R, at Young and Rubicam, and she just started recruiting our students, recruiting 20, 30 interns a year at Y&R, and wound up hiring over the years more than 40 of our alums. And then in more recent years, agencies like Uh, Finn Partners, Peter Finn at Finn Partners with Helen Shelton, and recently uh, Larry Kopp at the task group, realized that in order to diversify and to own diversity in their ranks, they needed to go out of their usual comfort zone in recruiting talent, because there's a lot of talent out there, and say, we think that diversification is important. And so as a result, we're setting up a program to find specifically multicultural kids from your program who would be competitive for our agency. I don't know if you remember, Art, but back when we both sat on PRSA New York on the board together, one of the things that we worked on together, and this goes back a lot of years, maybe the early 2000s, was we worked on creating the Buddy Program, the Diversity Buddy Program. And that was an example where, You and others reached out to agency leaders and said, let's bring diversity into our agencies, and it was a dedicated program to diversify. So that's one level that I started out as an advocate for students in my program, but this really led me to a a much bigger kind of um, perspective in in doing research about diversity in public relations, because there really was not very much. So in 2004, I partnered with Dr. Rochelle Ford. Dr. Ford is now the Dean of Communications at Elon. At the time, she was at Howard. And she and I partnered and did our first survey on the experience of young multicultural professionals in PR. And we worked with PRSA New York to announce those findings. Ten years later, the PRSA, PR Foundation um, sponsored research again that I did with another colleague, Dr. Frank Walton, that updated that research on the experiences of multicultural public relations professionals. And again, the goal here was to really elevate the conversation and the dialogue about what is the real experience of multicultural professionals in the workplace, and to help. Build a greater understanding of what the challenges are uh, about, you know, inadvertent racism in 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 the workplace, and to look for solutions to address that.
0: Oh yes, I remember the buddy program very very well, and I'll, I'll never forget that. We 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 made some great strides in acquainting agency, absolutely,
1: you know, and you and were one of the that. early people who who who, you know, advocated for that. It was very important.
0: Uh, it's 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 still vital in our uh, profession, and I'm I'm and um, I'm so glad that you and City College have played such a significant role, as well as the uh, New York uh, uh, chapter of PRSA. Absolutely.
1: Question.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to change subjects for a moment, Lynn, if I may. Something mm. her. <laughs> Why did you decide to uh, leave the practice of PR to teach it? Was it a uh, was it a difficult decision for you?
1: Uh, you know, it's one of those moments where life just kind of converged. As, as I tell my students, sometimes you can chart your own course and sometimes life happens to you and you pivot as life throws different options at you. Um, I had I had actually taken a job at NBC with the Today Show, as you mentioned, in the early 90s, um, and it was a job that literally, I, I, it came came to me, and I was loving that job and deeply into that job and dedicated to that job. Um, and then I got a call from a a former workplace friend from five years earlier who said, "There's someone I want you to meet." Um, I had been single. I was in my mid to late thirties. I kind of gave up that I would ever meet someone and get married and thought I'm just going to work my tush up and have a really interesting career. And then this call came in the middle of the first Gulf war and I was introduced to my husband to be Joe and his daughter Shosha and Joe had been widowed and uh, was dating, starting to date. And we, fell in love, and uh, seeing that I was not only going to enter into a marriage, but I was going to become an instant mother to a four-year-old, it became evident to me that I could not keep my pace and the demands of the job at the Today Show and be any kind of mother to Shosha who was both adopted and lost her first mother due to an illness. So I made the choice that I needed to find an alternative path um, that would allow me to be a a mom to her. And it just so happened that um, City College was looking to recruit its first public relations faculty member, This also came through a former friend of mine from um, NYU, who I worked with, Eileen Gilmartin, who sadly passed away this last year. And I, you know, applied for the job and got this job um, at City College. And as I say, while it's not something I ever endeavored to strive to do in my career, it was perhaps professionally the best thing that ever happened to me, and certainly it was an amazing personal decision as well.
0: Um, The fickle finger of fate, right?
1: (laughs) Indeed, indeed.
0: So speaking
1: of... And by the way, let me just say that Shosha, my daughter, my older daughter, who we adopted, who I adopted, Shosha is now a student at City College in the graduate program in their education program. So there is something... Really pretty amazing here.
0: Yeah, what comes around goes around, right? Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. So City College is in our genes, obviously.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So, Art, I just also wanted to say that I'm proud of our younger daughter, Ilana, who is pursuing her graduate degree in science journalism at NYU, and she was a PR intern along the way, and so public relations is in her blood, too.
0: Yeah. So here's a sensitive question, okay? Um, do you feel that the uh, City College Administration uh, has uh, has supported your efforts to grow your curriculum and your program? I mean, it appears yeah. that they have. So it may be a rhetorical question because obviously the program has grown. But let me hear it from your own lips.
1: Yeah. So – anybody who knows anything about academia knows that academia is not flush with money and is not throwing faculty lines and money at anybody saying here grow your program and you know there's the famous henry kissinger quote about academia the politics are so fierce because the stakes are so small um you know I, over the years, as as program director, I was chair of our department, Department of Media, Communication, Arts. It's scrappy, you know, like nobody hands you anything, so you fight for everything that you get. Um, I would say that my strategy for building the program came from building internal relationships with my of my division over the years with the different deans, with the provost, with the president of the university. So as a PR person, I'm probably a little bit more comfortable with kind of understanding who um, key stakeholders are and the ability to communicate upward and being able to advocate and tell a good story about my program and, of course, having evidence of success and explaining to them and showing them, through the success of our graduates and through the professional partners we have and you know professional engagement and the kinds of scholarship support that people have given us over the years, including you art by the way, and thank you, that this is a profoundly powerful program, and so you know when the going gets tough, the tough get going and I've been a really scrappy, fierce advocate for my program, which has allowed it to um, stay stable, which has allowed us to bring on additional faculty lines, and you know has allowed us to have the kind of um, you know sort of professional growth that keeps us vital.
0: Well, obviously, you've had an illustrious career doing all of that, and, and and I can vouch, you know, for you know, for your uh your your positive assertiveness, uh, as uh, as we both served on the board of PRSA in New York together, you know, to, to kind of make sure that uh, its policies were consistent with the needs of our profession. You you really yes. pulled over, you know, you know, your your combination educator hat and your practitioner hat, you know, to, to help the board achieve its goals.
1: Yes, thank you. I mean, listen, I, I'm actually really interested in how PR is seen at other colleges and universities. You know, City College prides itself on being an institution of high academic excellence, having, you know, uh, bred a number of Nobel Prize winners more than any from any other public university, and people like Andy Grove, who founded Intel. And, I mean, it's a heavy-duty academic place, that prides itself in its academic integrity. And so uh, a discipline like public relations is sort of seen as circumspect by a lot of traditional academics. So you're you're having to like prove yourself a lot, um, but we found really effective ways to earn the respect of our colleagues and the administration.
0: So, given what you've uh, done as an educator, uh, what 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 do you consider your proudest moments as an educator to be?
1: Yeah, you know that's it's such a hard question, Art. I I have to say that my proudest moments comes down to every student's success in whatever way that means, and the happiest moments. I have or when a student either calls me or texts me or emails me and says I got the job uh, and uh, I can't tell you yeah. what that means to be a part of a journey where you see someone transform themselves from a student and they they follow a path where They realize they have potential, and they're willing to take risks, and then they go out and achieve. And that is everything for me, and it has never gotten old one day.
0: Lynn, you are bringing tears to my eyes, but I'll I'll try to suppress them as I ask you my next question, Mm -hmm. okay? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I, I think that's wonderful. I really do. What a joy that must be. Uh, you know, you've been very active in PRSA national PRSA mm-hmm. New York you've been on both boards and you've done a number mm-hmm. of things and also you've been on the, on the board of the PRSA foundation so mm-hmm. obviously you have been very active in in the in our professional organizations and you've been recognized uh, by by uh, your peers in the many awards that have been bestowed on you mm-hmm. um why why this interest and willingness to serve
1: you know our I I knew when I came to City College that this was not a one-woman show, that it takes more than one person. And another cliche, it takes a village. It takes a professional community to make strides and meaningful changes in our profession, especially where diversity is concerned and i felt that i have been so supported by the pr community so many people cared about my students that for me it was a way of giving back and saying what what can my part be to help others and advocate for others um through service to the profession
0: mm. Good to hear, really. Um, and one, one thing about the PR industry is that there are many, many uh, who give of their time and time mm-hmm. to to achieve exactly what you just uh, described. Yeah. So I want to go back for a moment to the days
1: when you were a PR practitioner. What was it like mm-hmm. working for the Today Show? <laughs> it was great. It was it was scary and great. Just um, just to take you back now. Oh my God! Like. 30 years is when I was there, and I was just there in the sweetest moment ever when Jeff Zucker, who is now the head of CNN, was just starting as an executive producer of the show at at age 26. He was just this amazing whiz kid, dynamo, smart, competitive, energetic Guy and Katie Couric had just come on as the um as the, the co-host to Brian Gumbel, and they had gone through a very tough time of of really bad internal stuff and bad ratings. And anyway, that's when I stepped in, and so I got to work with Jeff and Katie, and it was this incredible um group of producers the staff was just amazing and everybody was just like so sort of unified in this mission to make the show better and more competitive and there's you know a big ratings war between today's show and good morning america and you know so jeff was like really pedal to the metal in 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 kind of upping the game of the show so to be The public relations person to work with these people and to be a part of this mission to help tell the story and kind of um, elevate what made the Today Show great was an extraordinary moment for me, not to mention working with somebody like Katie Couric, who is now such an icon in the media world and also a wonderful person to work with. Um, and I have tremendous respect for Brian Gumble, who scared the crap out of me. But, like, like what an amazing professional also. So it was exciting. The days were really long. I loved sitting in the control room with everybody. I loved being there at 7 in the morning or earlier. Um, the days were long. But it was great. And it was great being a part of NBC News to have that experience of being a part of the PR team. Um, it was during the first Gulf War, and you're on rotation, doing duty, weekend duty on rotation. So I got to experience what that felt like to be part of this powerhouse news organization, and it was great. Oh, wow! I feel I feel so lucky.
0: I think we're all envious.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really, you know, the pressure was there. There was always pressure, but you felt like you had the material to deliver, right? Yeah.
0: Okay, back to a, another serious question, okay? Uh, I'm aware, Lynn, that you recently wrote an article, and it, by the way, it's something, you know, to be honest with our listeners, that you've discussed with me. Um uh, that you wrote an article, you know, and, and, uh, about your sense uh, given what you have been hearing from people that there's a tremendous amount of burnout among PR mm. professionals. Um, tell us about that. How, how did, how did this begin? You know, what, how, when did you first become aware of it and, uh, yeah. uh and, 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 what what, what is the impact?
1: Yeah. So it's so interesting. I, I mentor and I, I've sort of, Become an informal mentor with with from for for a number of students who were alums of our program, um, who I taught and helped them, you know, network to their first internship, their first job, and now, so now it's like back in March of this year, I guess, um, and just randomly, like six different people reached out to me, said, and said, "Can we talk?" and they expressed huge despair over their work life and feeling burnt out and feeling used up and in some cases depressed and feeling like I, this is not what I signed on for. Like I, I hate my life and I hate my job and I'm miserable and I don't know what to do. And because six people independently reached out to me about this, something like clicked in me and I went, oh my God, it it can't just be these six people who I know to be outstanding professionals who are dedicated and smart and were not naive about the field. So it wasn't like, oh, they just didn't know what PR was like. It was like, there's something wrong here. And none of these people, for obvious reasons, could go public and say I'm really burned out and so what I decided to do was try to take the reins and write the piece that that I felt might be expressing what a lot of practitioners and in particular young practitioners might be feeling in terms of being burned out by the profession and I felt it was important for the profession for agency leaders to know That this is what's going on, and that we can't just kind of ignore it and say, "Yeah, well, that's too bad." It it just felt like it. There needed to be a a cry for action, and that's what I tried to do in this article.
0: But what what is, you know, what's caused this? Well, why is? Why is is this like a different era from other areas? I mean uh I gather there wasn't such a feeling of burnout, you know, earlier, but it seems to be prevalent now. What's what's well, caused that?
1: First of all, yeah, I think that's such an important question. And it's important to note that burnout is not just a PR problem. Burnout is an every workplace problem. Burnout is endemic across the workforce. And in fact, there was a uh recent Gallup poll that was taken um, uh, I think it was last year, and, uh, you know, what they found is that across all industries, the 28% of employees they surveyed described themselves as being burned out very often or always, and that that was detrimental both to the employee but also to the business. Um Following that, so so it's already kind of in the ethos um, in terms of the industry and burnout, there was – Additionally, Goldman Sachs, I don't know if you remember this, but in February 2021, a bunch of Goldman Sachs employees went public with a survey they did with uh, bankers working for that company. And these are people, obviously, who are earning, you know, 150 k and upward, a lot more higher paying, might I say, than public relations, um, and also working, you know, 90, 100 hours a week. And I'm I'm seeing that they're feeling the same thing. So now you understand that this is a much broader problem. It's across many industries, but it's certainly in the PR industry. To your point, why is it happening now? Well, one obvious reason is COVID, that people are working from home. And what a lot of people said to me is there is no separation between my personal life and my work life it's like, I feel like I'm on call all the time. And they were reporting, getting, you know, emails, calls, texts, you know, chores thrown at them at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night by supervisors going like, hey, do this. So there was there was no escape from the pressures of the job ever. And there was an expectation on many of their employers' parts that because they were home, it's like, What's the big deal? You're home. Just go to the computer and do this now. And it was it was destroying them. Um, I think PR has always been a hardworking field. We are a service industry. We understand there are crises. It's our job to service clients. It's our job to you know be be fielding balls from all angles. But there's also a point at which any person should be allowed. Within reason to turn off their job and to say I don't want to think about that now, and that boundary has been severely eroded.
0: Uh, let's take it a step further. You know, what, what would you have? Let's say uh, PR agency owners and uh, you know and corporate PR directors. But I, I assume a lot of this is probably in the agency world. Uh, that
1: i'm aware of Although yeah. people have written to me and said you know it's in corporate too but primarily all the people i heard were from from agencies so that's all i could talk about yeah
0: so what would you say to agency owners you know uh, in, in terms of this effect this burnout effect on their on their business and what should they be sensitive to what should they know about it and what should they do look
1: i it's such a tough question um because, first of all, you know, PR, it's a business, you know. you got to service your clients so there are jobs to be done. I think the first thing, though, is to be respectful of your staff at every level and not just take them for granted and, and assume that people are just going to keep picking up the slack and you can just keep throwing things at them without having some sort of negative blowback. That's the problem is that... People just assume that you're there, you're on payroll, and so that you know it's your job, do your job um, so the first thing is just to be aware that this is this is an issue. The other thing is I think it's really important that and this has to come from the top. It's not an h r problem. I don't think this is an h r issue. I think this is in the account group in the account. Um, team, daily, dynamic, and workplace, but it has to come from the top so that people are transparent about workplace demands. They're not just saying it's like, oh, we're a nine-to-six day, but then secretly on Slack you're getting Slack to death or email to death or, you know, you know whatever, text to death, you know, in, with more demand. So I think it's being honest with themselves about. What are you really asking your employees to do and what your workplace days are? And then to find a way, truthfully, to respect the end of that workday is that if that's the end of the day, then that's the end of the day. And not to put demands on people to be working well into the evening. You know, obviously, there are going to be crises and things that come up so you know, any sane person who knows the agency world understands that you're going to have to have times where you put that, you know, expectation on somebody. But by and large, it should not be an everyday expectation. The other thing it's really important to do is to uh, respect employee, you know, workday breaks. I can't tell you, five of the six people wrote to me on their own with no prompting from me and said, I can't eat lunch. I don't feel I can leave to take a bathroom break because I feel I always have to be on to be showing my supervisor that I am there delivering. And there are consequences to depriving somebody of their ability to recharge and take care of basic needs. There's something wrong with the culture if people feel they can't take care of themselves on a most basic level. And of course, there's the issue generally where a lot of people don't feel they can take vacation because they have to serve as clients. So I think it's a matter of giving employees hard boundaries with time off, finding accommodations or team rotations to ensure that different people are covering off hours so that everybody is not on all the time, or it's not left to the lowest level people on the team, that slack is picked up equally. I think it's also, and this is a really hard one, setting reasonable boundaries with clients to say to your client, Mm -hmm. you can't be writing your account person at 11 o'clock at night. That's a hard thing to do to tell clients because you you don't want to risk losing them, of course. But there has to be some sort of management that looks out for your staff. As I said in the article, the same way we talk about PR building mutually beneficial relationships for our clients and their audiences, you have to build mutually beneficial relationships for the workforce who are serving the clients because ultimately it works to your detriment. And here's a PS to that article that out of the six people who wrote to me Four of them, within, you know, two months of writing to me, have already found jobs at other agencies. Oh, wow. So there is a consequence to burnout because you're not yeah. going to just burn out your good people. You're going to lose your good people as well. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm really, really pleased that you have brought this to the attention, you know, of the profession, particularly to, you know, to the heads of agencies. Uh, some of them may, may or may not be aware of this trend, but uh, – it's it's a really good thing that you have uh, gotten feedback from these six people who work for agencies and that this feedback hopefully can provide value to agency owners who need to deal with it and keep their people uh, focusing on the quality of life, you know, that we all deserve.
1: I hope so. One of the really great things that I was so pleased is that um, – I was reached out to by um, uh, Kim Sample and uh, Andy, her vice president from the PR Council, and they reached out to me and they said, let's have a conversation about this. We want to understand more. And I spoke with them very candidly. We had a, a really great conversation. And I think that they really appreciated having this be brought to their attention and I believe that they are in discussions right now to look for a high-level um, industry agency-wide uh, series of recommendations that will address this issue. And if that goes forward, I applaud them wholeheartedly, and I'm grateful to them.
0: Well, that's, that would be a step in the right direction. Um, Lynn, I have just a couple more questions for you. I, I really appreciate the time you're spending with me today and, and in PR Masters. Um, my first question, uh, 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 prior to the last question, is what advice, uh, Lynn, would you give to young people today who are starting, starting their very first jobs in public relations? Yeah,
1: yeah I, you know, I help people. I, I love that question. It's There's so much that young people can do. And the first thing, you know, I would say is, just go in wholeheartedly and go for the job and know that you got hired and they wanted you, and so that you have the the equipment and the skills and the savvy to be a productive member of their their team and their their uh, you know agency or or company um and the second thing is just you know take ownership of it it's like everyone talks about the imposter syndrome everybody feels like do I really deserve this and the answer is yes you do and to to you know you're going to have a steep learning curve but just go for it get involved especially in COVID times where there is imposed separation and distance. Um, to, to reach out to your supervisor, be proactive, I tell everyone to Google the term managing up and what that means for your career and not just waiting for someone to tell you what to do, but to actively look to communicate and engage with your supervisor and understand what their priorities are, what their needs are, meet those needs, and then also Advocate for yourself and say, "Here's ways that I feel I could make a contribution, or here's what I'm excited about learning." And that you know, the more you engage and the more you put yourself out there, the more they're going to see their value—the value in you.
0: And that's really great advice. And by the way, uh, personally speaking, it worked for me during the course of my career. It really did. So yeah, I, I advocate that that approach, you know, to one's job very, very strongly. And my final question to you. My final question, Lynn, is um, how do you personally see the PR profession today? And what, if anything, do you feel it needs to do going forward?
1: Oh, gosh, what a doozy to end on art. Um, <laughs> you know, I need a scotch to answer this one. Um,
0: on the rocks or straight up?
1: <laughs> uh, on the rocks, on the rocks, with a twist. Uh so look, I I always felt that PR was so well equipped to adapt to the changing direction of the profession, especially on digital platforms and communicating on so many levels with audiences and stakeholders and our ability to engage in all of those ways historically and moving into a digital age made us really poised to evolve with the times and have value and i think that's true of the profession i think you know i i spent so much of my career especially a, a lot of years as a as a media relations person and and i loved media re- relations i I, I I always thought there was such power in in working with um, journalists, and now it's I, I want to say influencers, but it's changed a lot because we're paid. Everything is paid now, on with influencers, and and it's a different world. I just think PR needs to be nimble and adaptive and ballsy and you know, I think we have a strong bedrock that the career, that the profession is built on. I don't know where it's going because I feel like PR increasingly is getting subsumed into marketing and we're sort of losing the heart and the guts of what PR used to be as sort of real ownership of of uncontrolled media relations. And that's a big shift now. So I think that's an area we still own where there's still power um and huge value and the rest of it is you know I want to say it's for the next generation to figure out
0: <laughs> All right well uh Lynn Applebaum as always it's good to chat with you and I thank you so much for joining us today and to and for sharing your knowledge and insights into the world of broadcast television, and the world of academia. So Thank you so much, Art. What a pleasure. Uh, It's been so great having you. It's, it's, It's just absolutely been fascinating listening to your journey and your trailblazing services to the PR industry. And you are, Lynn Applebaum, indeed a PR master.
1: Thank you, Art. I am so honored.
0: And thank you all for joining us on PR Masters, and please be on the alert for our next PR Masters podcast. And as usual, we promise you that a legend in our industry, like Lynn Appelbaum, will share his or her wisdom with you. So until then, this is Arch Stevens signing off and wishing you all the very best.